uh, away and we're back and I'm excited and I'm going to preach for about an hour. So I'm glad that y'all are all here and ready to hear. Didn't get no amens on that. Did I? <laughs> really, dog? Come on, man. We already started 10 minutes early. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. Moses is talking to the children of Israel. Joshua is about to be uh, proclaimed as the new leader of Israel. And at the end of chapter 30, Moses tells the people this, and I want to read it again. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, bless, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. I want you to think about that word, cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Brethren, will we say that this statement is true, that the Lord told Abraham, the Lord told Isaac, the Lord told Jacob that they would inherit a promised land, and did it not come to pass? Amen? They did dwell in the promised land. They lived there because God said they would. But here's the deal, and here's what I want us to think about, and here's what I want us to consider this morning. Moses told the people that God says, you guys have to make a choice. There is some decisions that have to be made. The title of my lesson this morning is exactly that, Decisions. The Lord, when he was talking to the children of Israel, he gave them a choice. Life or death, blessings or cursings, and how they decided to live would determine the outcome of their days on the earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. The hardest thing, and, and, and think about these two quotes that I, I looked up. The hardest thing to learn in life is which bridge to cross and which bridge to burn down. It may be true that there are two sides of every question. And this is a really disgusting uh, thought, but... It also is true that there are two sides to a sheet of flypaper. Y'all ever seen the flypaper hanging down, right? You dodge that thing. And it makes a big difference to the fly which side he chooses. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it's a big difference between one side and the other. That one side is slick, right? That other side is really sticky. We thought about decisions in our lives. We make them all the time. You know, I did a little bit of research thinking about this and it said that it's estimated that we make 35,000 decisions a day. 
That's incredible. Now, yeah, that's sit up, sit down, scoot back, itch my face, right? All of those are decisions that we make. That's not the decisions I want to talk about this morning, but we all make those. And, And if you think about it, if a person's average sleep is seven hours, Mine's not, but if it is seven hours, then every hour while you're awake, there's 2,000 decisions that you make. One decision every two seconds. Do not make the decision to check out on me right now, okay? Make the decision right now in your two seconds to listen. Have we thought about what kind of decisions that we're making in life, though? Are we deciding to be a part of the works of the flesh? You know, immorality, as we talked about in Bible class, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, drunkenness, envy. Or are our decisions based upon the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? The greatest power that has been given into the hands of man is the power to make a decision. Free will. See, God gave us the ability to choose what we want to do. Yes or no. Joshua challenged the children of Israel later on as they passed into the land of Canaan. And they took it over and they were about to possess the land and he challenged them to make a decision as to whom they would serve. And he tells them that it was their choice. But you remember, everybody's got it at their house, right? Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Look at what he says though. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You have to make the decision, Israel. But as for me, as for me in my house, the decision that we are going to make today is we are going to serve the Lord. Brethren, I ask you this question today. As for you in your house, will you serve the Lord? The Lord. We decide where we want to go, don't we, brethren? We decide how we feel. We decide whether to do good. We decide whether to do evil. We decide whether to have a bad attitude or have a good attitude. We make those choices, don't we? It's our decision. Amen? We all have the power to terminate a relationship. We all have the ability to reconcile a relationship. 35,000 decisions a day. That's a lot. We are so impacted with making decisions that many have developed a fear, so to speak, of deciding what to do, right? What are we going to do? I don't know. Here's a good question right here that all of you are about to face in about a few minutes. Where are we going to eat, babe? I don't care. Wherever you want to eat, right? It's up to you. 
Brethren, today, when you, whoever asks the question first, make the decision. How about that? Just make the decision on where you're going to eat. Don't be bold and courageous like Joshua and say, this is where we're going to eat, right? But we're scared of making a mistake, aren't we? Bad decisions can affect us for a lifetime. So how do we keep ourselves from making bad decisions? Decisions that may cost us in the long run. When we make a choice, we need to understand that we are choosing to live with that choice. In the Bible, we see times that people express their regrets. And think about this one. Proverbs chapter 5, this is an older person thinking back. And you mourn at last. And your flesh and your body are consumed and say, How I have hated instruction. And my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. Would you say that that's us? Sometimes we hear people say something like this. You guys probably have never said it, but I've said it before. Man, I regretted doing that. <laughs> I sure regretted doing that. The decisions we are making right now, they will determine whether or not we look back years later and say, I regret that or I'm satisfied with that. So as a child of God, how do we decide the right way? Which brings us to this thought. Are we crossing this bridge or that one? Five things, and the lesson will be yours. The first thing to consider is this. How will this decision that I'm about to make affect my faith? Will this choice bring me closer to God or move me away from him? Think about it. I'm not talking about combing your hair or brushing your teeth because if you don't brush your teeth, people probably ain't going to be around you. But the choices that we make in the tough situations, the choices that we make to shine light or not, the tough times when we have to make the decision to persevere through a tough time, is the decision that we make, the, the, the attitude that we're going to have, the words that we're going to say, whatever that decision is put in front of you, is it going to bring you closer to God or further away? Will the decision be a blessing or a curse? See, at the end of Proverbs chapter 5, look at what this says. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. And he ponders all his paths. But see, our iniquities, they entrap the wicked man, don't they? See, and, and we be, become caught in the cords of sin. And then it says, he shall die for lack of instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. See, the decisions that I make, if I get caught up in these cords of sin, what happens is I don't get the nutrients that I need. And what happens to me is I die. A plant needs water, doesn't it? 
A plant needs water to live. If the plant doesn't have water, what happens to that plant? It withers up and it dies. Brethren, when we make decisions, how do they affect our faith or do we even care? Do we just roll through life and just make a decision on, oh yeah, let's do this. Oh yeah, we could do that. Oh, it's okay to do that. Or do I take a moment and say, is this going to affect my faith in the Messiah? How will this decision affect my faith? The second thing is this. How will this decision affect my family? Sadly, sometimes we see people in a marriage deciding to take life away from the relationship because of their decisions. Amen? To take life away from it. They're not being the husband or the wife that God wants them to be. They're opting out of their responsibilities. And often such a person puts their head in the sand and hopes that everything will just pass by. That others will stop pressuring them to do the right thing and that the storm will just blow over and everyone will forget about it. If my attitude in my marriage or in any relationship is, what's the minimum I have to do? What's the minimum? How much can I get away with? How irresponsible can I be? How far can I push this? See, those decisions, those choices make one opt for death and not life. All the decisions that we make, brethren, are so important in our lives. They affect us. See, I think about Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, where the Bible says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, I understand the path of life. See, I understand the way to go. So the decisions that I make are going to affect my family in the right way because I understand the path that I need to go. Try it. Do it your way for a while. And then be, uh, be okay with trying it God's way too. See, how can you say that God's way is wrong when you never give it a shot? Amen. So many times I talk to people and they won't even give them a shot. I'm going to tell you what, I never gave him a shot for a long time. And I finally gave him a shot. And you know what he did? He changed my life forever. Here I am. Here I am. Send me, Lord. Send me. Send me wherever you want me to go. How will this decision affect my family. Well, look at the third point, which ties into this. How will this decision affect my future? Think about 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. For this is the will of God, brethren, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now, if I use this verse and I apply it to my life, 
If I honor all people, if I love the brotherhood, if I fear God, if I honor the king, what am I doing? I'm setting an example for people to see. Amen? My decisions not only affect me, but they affect those around me right now. But see, it's more to it. But it will also have an effect on generations to come with my current choices. If I remain faithful, then my children and my grandchildren will hear the truth and see it in action. Amen? We talk about it all the time. Joshua, great example. Joseph, great example. Peter, Paul, John, great example. Jesus, the greatest example. We see these people doing what they're supposed to do. And what does it do for us? It encourages us. Think about the ones closest to you. Standing in the line. For a ride Friday. Libby was watching the phone, of course. And we set her down beside me. Long line. And I told her, Stay right here beside me. If you don't think that your children and your grandchildren and kids in this congregation are watching you, you're missing it. The way that she looked at me was, I'll do anything you tell me to do. I totally trust you. Now, if I choose to set a bad example and tell those people who was bumping into me and knocking me back and not taking care of their kids like I was taking care of my kids. If I turned and had a bad attitude towards those people and said things that I shouldn't say, you know who was totally looking at me? Libby. How do our decisions work? They affect others around us. See, if I remain faithful, then my children can say, well, daddy, granddaddy was faithful. Did you see how he acted? Did you see the way he talked? Did you see the way he handled things? But if I depart from God, here it is. Here's the point. If I depart from God, then I'm making the decision to be a stumbling block. We all love kids, don't we? Do you ever want to be a stumbling block for a child? Now look at what Jesus says. Let me amp this up. Jesus says this. 
Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. But I want you to catch this last part. I want you to hear this last part. I want you to put it in your heart. I want you to put it in your mind. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. Wow. You don't think Jesus is watching us? You don't think Jesus is paying attention to the decisions that we make, to the comments that we say around our children and our families? Brethren, be an example. Be an example for Jesus in the times where you think that you ain't effective. Be an example for Jesus. Show these children what they need to hear. The choice to depart from God is not only a choice to end up lost ourselves, but to take as many people to destruction as possible. What? I want to be nice to people. I want to help people. Don't you, brethren? I want to do the right thing. But if you say that you're a Christian, if you say that you're called out, why in the world would you want to lead people to destruction? I'm pleading with you today, brethren. I'm pleading with you today. How will this decision affect our future The wise person asks, how will this affect others in my life? How will this affect my wife, my husband, my children, teenagers? How will this affect my parents and my grandparents? Will this cause anyone to stumble? Will this discourage other people? Will this give Christians and the church a bad name? How will this decision affect my future? The fourth thing is this. Will this decision help me get to heaven? I want to go to heaven. How about you? Boy, I can't wait for that day. I cannot wait for that day. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, the Bible says this. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How do I have a spiritual mind and not a carnal mind? Well, I got to dig into this thing. See, I got to understand, and I just used an example in 1 Peter. If I honor the king, if I'm respectful to other people, if I'm doing the things that the Bible tells me to do, then I'm actually being spiritual and I'm bringing life not only to myself, but all those around me. See, for the mind that's set on the flesh is death, but the mind that's set on the spirit is life and it's peace. Beware of choosing darkness, brethren. Beware. This ain't no Star Wars comment. This is truth. Beware of the darkness. Because we will become what we select. See, the Bible says this in Titus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. 
but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Think about what that says. It says that both those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their mind and their conscience are defiled. When we make wrong decisions, it leads us down a path that pulls you and it grabs a hold of you. Have you ever been grabbed a hold of, brethren? Have you ever said, I don't want to go to church anymore, man. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Bunch of hypocrites up in there, man. Talked to a brother that said that exact same thing to me. I can't go up in the church building because it feels like I'm walking in with a bunch of enemies. What? Enemies. I just can't believe that the church would be a bunch of enemies. They say that they know God, but their works deny him. They become abominable. They become disobedient and disqualified for every good work. Therefore, brethren, I'm pleading with you, friend, I'm pleading with you today. Choose what's right, please. Instead of what feels good at the moment, Proverbs 28, 1 says this, the wicked flee when no one pursues. Satan puts on a front that this evil stuff is tough guy. But really, in reality, the Bible says the righteous are the ones who are as bold as a lion. As bold as a lion. God's on my side. What can man do to me? Amen. The wicked flee, but the righteous are bold. The last thing to consider this morning is will the decision... Glorify God. Colossians 3.17, a verse that the, the young kids say every night. One that we all should take into consideration. Whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we think, whatever deed or action that we do, it needs to be all in the name of the Lord. See, I want God to get the praise that he deserves. I want people to see how great he is in my little decisions that I think are so irrelevant that nobody's paying attention to. No, they are important. I'm telling you, the reason why I got emotional earlier is because when I see Libby's eyes and they're looking at me, there's so much trust in that. Our children trust us. Our grandchildren, trust us. Don't ruin the trust and skew the view of what truth is. It's important. You got a big job. You got an important job and you can make an impact. You know, when I mess up, the best change or the best example for Libby is to go to her and say, I blew it and I messed up. And this is what I'm going to do to make it right. I'm going to ask God to forgive me and I'm going to go tell that person I'm sorry. Right? I want my decisions to be just like Jesus. We used this last week, and I want to use it one more time as we close. For to this you were called. 
Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Brethren, when we think about our lives, if you've bought in to be a Christian, if you are a child of God, washed of your sins, you have committed to be his follower. Here's an example. He committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But how was he successful in this? How was he able to do these things? He committed himself to him who judges righteously. Are we committed to Jesus? Or does it really even matter? Is it really not that big of a deal? Will we dedicate our lives to making decisions that bring glory to his name Jesus said it like this. By this, my father is glorified. If you don't think you got a big job, you do because you can glorify the father. By this, my father is glorified that you, brethren, bear much fruit. And so you will be Jesus' disciple. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. We've got uh, those in the audience who are guests, my uh, Brother Owen from Dixon and his family's here. I appreciate them being here. Uh, so many others who are here. Thank you for coming and being a part of what we got going on uh, here this morning. I hope that our worship has been in spirit and in truth. But I, I want to say this to everybody. Being a Christian is the greatest thing that you could ever be. It's the greatest privilege it's the greatest honor. And it's proven itself over and over through time. Let's be the people that show the world why it's so awesome. Let's not be ashamed. Let's go and tell somebody and commit ourselves to the king and change the world literally. If you need prayers, we can pray with you. If you need to obey the gospel, today is the day. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Saved, added to his family. If you want to be saved, please come right now as together we stand and sing.